0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love of Life podcast. Well, Christian schools, how to start one? Up next, we're talking to Anna Moore about Christian education and the steps and challenges of getting such an organization up and running. Coming up next.
1: Christian education, because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life is the love of life.
0: This is the Love of Life podcast, conversations with Jesse and Courtney. All right, and we're back. So, Anna Moore is with us. She's joining us tonight on the podcast. Anna is a wife, she's a mother, she's a VBS director. She's also a sixth grade science teacher at Premier Charter School. Anna, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I thought we could start here. Let's talk a little bit about Christian education. Talk to us about the need for distinctly Christian education.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, So it kind of started with me becoming a parent and looking for a school for my son Henry. Um, He's in preschool this year. And my husband Rob and I started looking towards the end of last school year for a place for him to attend um, part time for preschool, kind of get his feet wet with schooling. And we realized that there were not a lot of options in our area um, and in addition to that, it's pretty expensive too. Yeah. So um he attended a Catholic school in our neighborhood this year. We have been very happy um, with where he's been. Unfortunately, they are closing their doors at the end of this school year.
2: Mm.
1: so there there is a definite need and uh, there's a definite need for affordable Christian education as well. Yes.
2: Wonderful. And why specifically Christian education? Why
1: not send him somewhere else? Yeah. So I feel very strongly that children are not meant to be the salt and the light to the world right now, that um, parents are the primary educators. And if we are going to be um, giving them over for eight hours a day, That they should be under the care of um, like-minded parents, Christian parents, um, so that they can be prepared and they can be equipped so that when they're older, they can be the salt and light to the world. But right now, that's that's not their role. Right. Yes.
2: So your journey started, you starting this Christian school, started with your own son. Um, What else was in there? You're looking around. You go from, we need somewhere to send him this school is not an option. Yeah, let's just start one. How did that
1: happen? (laughs) So prior to having kids, I actually um, completed a master's degree in administration. So the goal was always to become an administrator. And at the time, I thought that the Lord was leading me to be an administrator at a public school. And there was always a little idea in the back of my head of like, wouldn't it be really cool just to start a school? And um, I am working at a charter school right now. So I do kind of know um, a little bit of the process that goes into creating an independent school. Um, and so there was just always this little idea in the back of my head of, yeah, that would be really cool if I could start a school. Although at the time, the idea was not specifically a Christian school. And then, you know, fast forward to having kids and realizing, hey, I've got this skill set. I've always wanted to start a school. Why not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great. There's also
1: a part of me that's that my mom heart kind of hurts going to school, working with someone else's children, and paying to send my child somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I would really just love to be able to, I've got that skill set to be able to provide for my kids and for my friends' kids, what we're looking for in a school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say someone is listening and they don't have your experience, maybe as a teacher, but say they want to, they're interested in starting a Christian school. Where does one begin with that? What are the foundational elements to sort of kicking that off?
1: That That's a great question. Um, in some sense, it's kind of like building the airplane while it's flying right now. <laughs> um, it, it starts with a group of like-minded people. So I will say we have gotten as far along as we are right now. Um, because I had the help of Brookie Moore and Lisa Grove and Jenny Shuth, who is a um, Christian coworker of mine, and Noah Brink, uh, who is the author of a newly published book, Jesus Above School. Mm -hmm. So we um, all kind of have come together with uh, similar ideas, and we are working through it um, as we go along. Noah has some experience with coaching and consulting other schools. So there's a lot of information that he brings to the table. Uh, Brookie Moore has also worked with a lot of schools that were in their early stages. So she brings some knowledge as an educator. Then Lisa Grove is a mom and in it to uh, make this for her kids. She's also very talented in what she does with social media. So she is um, the person behind all those social media posts that have been being pushed out this week.
2: Mm. Awesome. Is it necessary or maybe even just helpful to have a church affiliated with a project like this?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, we initially started as a group of people, but we have already realized that um, we need to be affiliated with a church just to give us a little bit of that um, legal protection. So um, we are working with the session at Providence Reformed Presbyterian Church, to make sure that we are um, an extension of their ministry, even though we will be um, independently run. So we're not a session-run school. We are a board-run school, but we are going to be affiliated with um, Providence to start with. But the the dream is to have other churches join with us and be affiliated with us as well.
0: Yeah so you've mentioned it's like like trying to trying to fix a plane or build the plane while it's mid-flight. What are some of the other challenges or things you guys are bumping into right now that it's just, you know, it's part of the process, but what are some of those challenges?
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest things, honestly, is funding. Um, If you start a charter school, that's a government funded school. So you get a lot of money for doing X, Y, Z. Um, and then the government will give you that money. When you go the private route, um, the beauty of that is we don't have to necessarily follow any of the rules and the regulation that the government puts in place, but then we don't get any funding. Hmm. So the challenge in making it accessible for all families is making our tuition um, affordable while paying our teachers well, while being able to take care of a building or rent a property or purchase curriculum and technology and so forth. So that has been one of our biggest discussions that we have um, every time we meet is how we are going to um, make it affordable, um, compensate our teachers very well, um, cover our basic costs. Um, So we are working on alternative income sources so that there can be funds funneled into the school that can bring the tuition down and allow us to pay our teachers well.
2: That's wonderful. Um, You've already mentioned, one, having people with a lot of knowledge and even Noah's book, but are there other resources that have been really helpful for you in kind of sorting through this, figuring out what you're doing, maybe even other books?
1: Yeah, so I actually started... This journey, reading Doug Wilson's book, uh, Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning, that sort of helped me shift my mind from public education, which is where I'd spent the majority of my time, to the philosophy behind um, private education. And um, then Noah's book, Jesus Above School, has been really um, helpful as well. A lot of what he writes about is kind of what I was intuitively doing or kind of like believed but couldn't put into words so it's been really cool um reading his book and kind of seeing how he's been able to put into words some of these ideas that that we know are right and that we're wanting to do and he's given us the words for it
2: Uh, can you expound maybe a little on that like what are some of those things that he's put into words how are you running with that how
1: is that helpful yeah so his book jesus above school is um, I mean, pretty much what the title suggests putting Jesus above school that,, um, as Christian schools, we're not just a, um, copy paste of a secular school with a little bit of Jesus dust sprinkled on top. Like we yeah. are truly putting Jesus at the center of everything that we do. Um, and also trying to,, um, remind our students and our teachers, that we always need Jesus, that they're, um, that we don't graduate school and suddenly we've got it and we know everything and now we're this perfect Christian. Um, So his book talks a lot about that, how to infuse this biblical worldview into literally everything that you're doing in the school. That it's not, you know, you don't have a, a religion class. All of your classes is learning about the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd say this is more of like a classical Christian education that the students will be receiving, much like what I think Doug writes in Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning. So
1: we are going to be the cornerstone model. We are Um, not going to um, adopt any one model specifically. We're going to take a little bit of what's best for kids from many different models, and we're going to be the cornerstone model.
2: Okay. So yeah. Flesh that one out for us. Tell us a little bit more. What's your vision? What does that look
1: like? And is it per grade? Yeah. So we started with our mission and our mission for Cornerstone is that we are dedicated to assisting Christian parents, um, in educating the whole child, um, nurturing a grace filled, nurturing grace filled relationships and cultivating a biblical worldview. Um, so what that means with that first part, where we're educating the whole child, we are recognizing that all kids are created in the image of God. All kids learn differently. And there is not a one size fits all kind of model um, for all kids. So in realizing that, that's where we're going to take a little bit of the best of um, every model that we see and um, let our children learn at their own pace and recognize that the way they learned is the way that God designed them and that they are in the image of God. Um, then we're also, we're really committed to nurturing grace-filled relationships. And, um, part of that involves having small class sizes. So, um, again, that kind of circles back to our challenge with funding the school when we're going to keep our class sizes small, you know, that's not a lot of tuition coming in either, but we are really Uh, we really firmly believe that those smaller class sizes allow the kids to build relationships with their teachers and build relationships with their peers. Big inspiration for this was Vacation Bible School, directing Mm -hmm. Vacation Bible School. And um, over the years, we've kind of come upon this magic number of um, around 15 and 16. That's like the perfect number for the class. You get any larger than that and the kids are having fun, but it's kind of like herding cats. Like there's not a lot of um, relationship building between the teacher and the students happening because it's a whole lot of of management. Um, and so then with those smaller class sizes, helping our students and helping our teachers to know that we are all learning and we all make mistakes and we're all sinners and we all need Jesus. Right. And then the very last part of our mission is cultivating that biblical worldview. And that's kind of what I spoke to earlier with Noah's book about how it's not a religion class. We are using the Bible Mm -hmm. to learn about the world. So that is infused in everything that we do. Um, So it's really um, making us take a step back and evaluate everything that we put in place um, as far as its purpose. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it something that's helping us to learn more about God?
0: Yeah. So you're starting with a Christian presupposition for everything that you're teaching, essentially, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Is there any particular curriculum you're using? I mean, you're using the Bible and that's going to be a foundational source, yeah. probably through everything that you do.
1: But beyond that, are there things that you're that's, using? So that's been a question that's been asked by parents and understandably, they, they want to know what's what's being taught. Um, as a teacher, I use a process called understanding by design or backwards design. It's where you start with what you want your students to know, and then you build your lessons from there. So we are starting with standards of what we want our students to know. Some of that comes from um, Missouri Learning Standards, Learning Standards um, in America, and some of it's coming from um, what we're learning from research and what is developmentally developmentally appropriate for kids of certain ages. So we're taking that and we're saying, okay, what what are we wanting our students to learn? What's the target? And we're calling them a target um, because some children will meet that target and some children will take a little bit longer to get to that target. But that's just the general um, direction that we're wanting them to go with that. And then we are gonna pull from a variety of resources to help them to reach that target. So it's not, it's not going to be a textbook program. It's not going to be um, all one curriculum. And I know that for, for the non-educator, that sounds a little bit out there. (laughs) Uh, For a teacher, that's kind of what we do, to be honest. We, we start with standards. We are given um, resources, um, but our curriculum isn't like a, in a box, here's what you teach. Our curriculum is taking those standards, taking the resources and helping our students to learn.
0: Sure. So you're not saying here's Bob Jones or here's a Becca book and this is our curriculum. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Especially since part of our mission is um, educating the whole child and we are recognizing that children learn differently. There isn't a one size fits all curriculum. And so when we take that approach of, we're going to we're gonna look at the target, this is what we want them to learn. And then we are going to use a variety of resources to help them get there.
2: How much does what state you're in have an impact on what you're able to do? Does it? I mean, since you're doing this independently, are there still guidelines and things that you have to be aware of or
1: careful about?
0: For the state yes. of Missouri. Well, yes, but, it's, obviously, it's obviously the
1: state you're in. But. Yeah, So we are private, so there are not a lot of limitations that we have to um, go by. That being said, we also want to be aware of what other children in the U.S. are learning. We want we want to be competitive in that sense that we don't want to be naive and um, have our children be educated in this bubble and then realize that they are far behind where their peers at other schools are. So that's why um, we are starting with some of the Missouri learning standards to see what what's comparable to what they would be um, learning if they were to go to a secular secular school. That being said, there are some things that that we disagree with and we don't feel are developmentally appropriate at that age and we're gonna do things a little differently.
2: Yeah. That's kind of exciting that you can do it how you see fit and with your experience. It's great. Um, I know it really is
1: cool. It's kind of like just being able, especially as a teacher, as an educator, being able to just rethink education and like build it from the ground up.
2: Yeah. And I know you've mentioned in some um, literature I've read about this upcoming school that you have a growth plan. It's not going to be immediately all grade levels. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, um, how you plan to
1: grow? Where you're yeah, going to absolutely. So we are slated for a launch in, tw- in the school year of 2024, 2025. Um, we're going to launch with preschool through fourth grade. And then each year after that, we're going to add a grade level. So basically it's, it's our kids aging up. So our fourth graders will become our new fifth grade class. And then the following year, they'll become the sixth grade class. And so we're going to Um, continue growing until we reach eighth grade Um, we really feel that the pre-k through eighth grade model is the way to go we've taken a lot of that inspiration from the catholic schools most of their schools are pre-k through eighth grade Um, and then we would like to start thinking about high school as well Mm. so that we have an option for our kids to attend post eighth grade
0: Right, right. So for those that are specifically in the St. Louis area, talk to us about your location and also where they can go to find out more information.
1: Yeah, so our target area is the Crestwood-Afton area. That's kind of where we noticed there is a hole. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, with us being affiliated with Providence and that being located in Crestwood, we're wanting to stay relatively close there as well. Um, We've Toward a location so far we're working with some uh the archdiocese and looking at some of their properties that were former schools but ideally we want to stay within the crestwood afton area
0: sure sure and then where can they find out more information you have a website
1: yes they can visit our website which is ccastl.org um they can also follow us on social media facebook and instagram And then any questions can be emailed to us at info at CCASTL.org. Is there anything else
2: you would like to share with us that maybe we didn't ask about? Yeah.
1: We are going to try and launch a soft start this fall. So we'd like to kind of have a test class with um, preschool and kindergarten. um, Partly because my son is in need of a school this fall. So it would... (laughs) benefit me greatly, um, but it would also give us an, an opportunity to kind of give a proof of concept, and tuition for our soft start is going to be um, reduced compared to what it will be um, for our full launch, but families that join us for the soft start will um, get discounted tuition for the real launch, as well as tuition freeze and priority enrollment if they join us in our soft start.
0: Okay. Okay. Excellent. That's really, really great. And I personally witnessed you uh, do VBS directing last year, last summer, uh, and it was done in excellence. And I'm positive that this school will also be done that way as well, since you're a part of it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely great having you on the podcast, Anna. Yeah, thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me it's really exciting
0: absolutely and our daughter eden enjoyed it very much as as i'm sure you could hear all the cooing and, and everything else in the background
1: it was a wonderful audience
0: <laughs> she enjoyed it very good all right well thank you so much anna thank you thank you for listening to the love of life podcast conversations with jesse and courtney
1: it is our duty through our school's
2: to
0: create a new
2: one, a God-centered one.
1: We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord.
2: But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me Love death.